Let's get our Bibles out this morning and go to 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2, and let's take a moment and pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity now. We look to you for direction and for help, for increasing our understanding and revelation of you. Lord, thank you for moving in each heart and life today. Eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts open and receptive. We receive now from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been in a series the last couple weeks called Made of Honor. And we're dealing with that subject, of course, of honor. And uh, let's continue today and uh, get some good things from the Lord. Uh, The scripture here that we start with is 1 Samuel 2 and verse 30. It says, Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And so we can see real clear that the prerequisite to God honoring us is that we honor Him. All right? We must hold Him in high regard, in high esteem, if we want that to be the effect upon our lives. If we want to be lightweights in the kingdom of God, then go ahead and do what you want to do and act how you want to act. Be disrespectful and dishonorable towards the Lord and you'll get it. However, I think most of us don't want that. We want to be heavyweights, so to speak, in the kingdom of God. We want to uh, carry much value and worth in regards to the mission and plan of all God is doing in the earth. And so we've got to honor Him. We've got, we must give Him the rightful place in our lives that says, Your stuff is more important than anything I could ever think of or imagine in life. Amen. And so, again, we can see the contrast here is I'm either honoring God or I'm lightly esteeming Him. I'm making His things kind of unimportant, trivial to me. All right. Now go to Genesis chapter 4, and let's see another example of honor or dishonor. In Genesis 4, we have the story of Of course, Adam and Eve getting together, and they had Cain and Abel. And in verse 4, it said, uh, verse 3, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering uh, of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Is it true the Lord will honor or respect people's offerings yeah yeah but all of them no not necessarily but in verse 5 but he did not respect Cain and his offering what you mean someone brought something to the Lord and the Lord said I don't really like that apparently so Hmm. and Cain humbled himself and said Lord what do I need to do to fix this Is that what your Bible says? No, no, no. That would be a good thing, right? I mean, if you're doing something and it's not accepted, if you're going a certain way and the Lord says, no, I don't like that, I want you to go a different way, (laughs) the right thing to do would be to humble yourself and say, Lord, you're right. You're always right. Your ways are true. What do I need to do to fix me and to adjust my approach and to offer different? We, we, We get in great trouble, I think, at times, 
when we get on opposite sides of the Lord because we don't understand something. Someone might think, well, I don't know why he didn't accept my offering. Or I don't know why this circumstance happened. I don't know why this I didn't get the answer to this prayer. Or I don't know why this didn't work. And, and so people get on opposite sides of God and say, why? Kind of with a little attitude. Why didn't you do this? God, you could have, but you didn't. Why didn't you do this? And we, we get on opposing sides to our answer, to our help. Never should we approach him that way. It ought to be, Lord, this is not working. And I know you're not wrong. I know you're right. And I know your word works and you're faithful to do what you said you would do. What's the deal here? What's the problem? How do I need to adjust? What do I need to change? What needs to be different so things will work? That's an honest, humble approach that we all should have before the Lord. But Cain didn't do that. What did he do? It said, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. He was very angry. His countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Isn't that the Lord's pattern? Isn't that the way the Lord acts? He's not just kicking someone out and saying, I don't like you. No, if you do well, you'll be accepted. Just change. Just adjust. But the Lord doesn't bend, by the way. Man, if I say this, Cain's going to get ticked off and do something stupid. I better just accept Cain's offering, even though it was inferior. Hmm. No, the Lord's going to hold his stand he's going to the standard's going to remain the same but he's going to give the person an opportunity to adjust we ought to be excellent adjusters straighten up straighten out because we don't see everything we don't know we see through a glass dimly we know in part as the bible says he said and if you do well if you do not do well sin lies at the door and its desire is for you but you should rule over it now cain talked with abel his brother came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? How many see Cain's got a bad attitude? Not only does he bring an inferior offering, not only does he kill his brother, it's kind of a big deal, lies to the Lord, and he's got a rotten attitude in the middle of it very disrespectful you see Cain didn't approach God with honor and Cain got dishonored he didn't have that respect that he would have liked to have had but let's always make God right amen this is respectful when we do that we honor him when we say Lord even when I don't understand why something's not working out or I know you're right and I position myself to learn, to grow, to see, to change, to adjust. That honors Him. And it opens up the door to be honored with understanding and revelation and knowledge and whatever needs to take place in our lives that will help us change. Now, we've been focusing on the, these three areas. We honor God by honoring His plan, His people, and his presence. Of course, we haven't talked about all of them yet. His plan, his people, and his presence. And, and, and last week, we were dealing with the element of people. How, how you don't just honor God directly and bypass people. 
but my honor to the Lord is shown in my honor towards people. I don't want to I don't want to make everyone equal and the same. I don't want to dishonor individuals who who are due honor by saying, "Well, I just honor everybody." Even though we are to honor everybody, we honor everybody by being able to distinguish and identify the the place of honor that different people hold in our lives. I think it's a good idea for us at times to ask this question, who am I talking to? Who am I relating to? Who am I dealing with? Uh, in order, in other words, I want to avoid the, the the temptation to to just put everything in the same on the same level again. You know, it would be right to say certain things to one person but wrong to say those same things to another person? See, some might look at it and say, well, if it's wrong to say to one, it would be wrong to say to everybody. Well, no, that's actually a dishonoring thing because we're not acknowledging the Lord's place, the Lord's gifts, the Lord's callings, the, uh, so many things in people's lives. We must recognize the difference. It's kind of like in a courtroom. How many understand when you're in a courtroom, and hopefully unless you're employed, you don't spend a whole lot of time there. Uh, In a courtroom, different rules apply. You don't go into court crying free speech. I get to say and do whatever I want to because I'm an American, right? No, there are certain requirements in that setting. And if you don't follow them, you're in big problem. You're in big trouble, right? In other words, you must, what, 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 what do you have to do? You have to honor. You have to respect those people in honor, the judge and, and the system and how, how everything works there. You have to respect that or you're not going to be allowed to stay. I remember reading a couple months ago, about a about a guy who was obviously didn't like the way his his trial was going, and so he he uh, communicated to the judge with his middle digit. And uh, what I read in the story was the judge gave him six months in jail for doing it. And I thought, way to go. I did. I don't know the details of the the person's life, but I know our society goes that way. People think they can just disrespect anything and anybody and bless God, I can just have my say. And no, you can't. Or you can have your say with your cellmate. (laughs) can have your say behind bars. But people think they can just talk to anyone any old way they want. And I'm glad for a system that requires in certain uh, certain environments respect and honor. And people are held in contempt. Of court, when they lightly esteem and despise the system and the people who are in authority and in power, what happens? You pay for that. You get a fine. You get a you get a hotel room <laughs> with bars, right? Why? For disrespect. Now, here, now watch this. This happens more frequently in life than people realize. And just because they're not handcuffed or written out a citation or punished in some immediate way 
people have the idea that it's all right when they dishonor others, when they really dishonor God by dishonoring other people. They're disrespectful, and they think, it doesn't really matter. I mean, everyone I know talks that way, and everyone, everyone I know, they, they behave that, that way. They are cheapening their lives. They're making themselves worth less and less to society. But an honorable person gets lifted up. An honorable person gets respected. An honorable person, when you honor God by honoring the, in Him in practical ways, He is going to honor you. You are going to come up in life. And I think sometimes people are missing it. They don't recognize this. They're doing some of the things they know to do, but there's something about them is just, just, just dishonorable in the way they treat people. And so the Lord is even limited in how much He can bless them because He doesn't violate His Word. And so we need to honor God's people. Let's go to Acts chapter 5 and talk a little bit about honoring God's presence. Honoring God's presence. In Acts 5, of course, this is the early church and things just getting started and people getting saved and it's just glorious, getting filled with the Spirit, having a time and they became generous and they started selling stuff. People started selling lands and their properties and bringing all their money. They'd come to church with their, with their stuff and they say, hey, we're just bringing it all. And they're just really very, very generous concerning uh, things. And in the middle of this, there was a problem. Let's read verse 1, Acts 5, 1. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and he kept back Part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not, not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came on all those who heard these things. And the young men rose up, wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, tell, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they'll carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last, and the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon the church and upon all who heard these things. That's the second time today we've heard of someone getting in trouble with their offering, haven't we? I think it'd be valuable for us to recognize that that's one of the big areas that people miss it in life. Yeah. It strikes a chord with some. Some get annoyed and irritated. But people miss it in, in, in life when they miss it during the offering. Amen. It's something to think about, isn't it? 
Because you can read over and over, people get in trouble with their money. Anyway, uh, the Amplified Bible says of this last part, it says here, Great awe and strange terror and dread seized them. In other words, they're having church and going along with business. I don't know, maybe they came, became a little bit too casual. Obviously, a couple of them did. And, and, and they stopped acknowledging the presence of the Lord and that He was there. And when something like this happens, how many know it kind of changes the atmosphere? How many know people come into church a little bit differently after that? There's a little different attitude. There's a little different respect and honor for the things of God. And you don't make light of the the things of God when when stuff like this happens. But even when it, you know, even electricity has to be respected, doesn't it? Electricity is a good thing, I think. I'm thankful for electricity. But if you don't treat electricity right, it can get you. Pastor Allen told me about electrician that he had working at his house. And he was talking to him, asked him if he ever got zapped. And then he held up his hands. And he didn't have all his fingers. And in fact, one of them looked kind of funny. Looked more like a toe. Because it was. (laughs) Because he lost his thumb, he took his toe and they put his toe on there. TMI? (laughs) And I guess he had a big hole in his side, too, where it blew out. How many think that guy respected the electricity? (laughs) I don't know about you. You know, I kind of want to keep these. I'm going to take his word for it. (laughs) I'd rather learn from someone else than learn the hard way. Amen. Uh, But there's some... There's some truth that we need to get a hold of today concerning the presence of God. Many today have become far too irreverent. They treat everything as casual. Everything is not just nonchalantly come into, come into church. And the presence of God is not real to them. And, and we could end up doing things that really dishonor the Lord when we approach it that way. And... You know, I think sometimes people that, that treat praise and worship, it's kind of more like a concert. And, uh, you know, we sing and they just kind of watch and look around, watch and listen to the band and cheer for them at the end. And uh, and that's not honoring God. There's nothing wrong with a concert. I'm fine with a concert. I'm not talking about a worldly person either. Uh, talking about someone, you may be in here and church is not your thing. You don't know. You're fine. But talking about the church of God, those who are believers. We need to have an awareness of God's presence when we come together. And, and, and I don't want to be acting in such a way where God is diminished in my eyes or anyone else around me. How do people dishonor God's presence? Now, understand this. When I talk about His presence, we know this. The Lord is with us all individually all the time. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you, right? But the, but the Bible deals with God's presence in a different way, and that is there is emphasis put on the people of God coming together and His presence there. 
Remember Matthew 18? Uh, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, they're what? They're gathered in my name. Doesn't even take a big group. But he said, there I am in their midst. Well, isn't the Lord with me if I'm not gathered? Well, he is. But when I'm gathered in his name, there's something special happening there. There's a, there's a greater emphasis and manifestation of God's presence Okay, so I want you to consider these thoughts. When we're talking about honoring God's presence, it applies individually, but it's when we gather. That's when the presence of the Lord comes into a place. See, even we understand that there is no building that is the church, right? We know sometimes we'll call it, um, you know, I'm going to the church and we can't, we're thinking of the building. But if any of us were asked, we know, well, it actually it's just, you know, wood and stuff. Uh, uh, it's just a building. The people are the church. However, now, is there anything special about a building where the church meets? There is because the church meets there. By itself, it's nothing, whether it's a fancy building or a cheap building, that's not the issue. But when people gather, that when the people of God gather to worship Him, to hear from Him, to, to talk to Him in a place, then the building does become something special. What should that do? It should cause me to treat it different. Right? Not because you go into the other ditch and you say, well, it's the church. No, it's the building, but we glorify God in that building. And so it, it takes on a different attitude in our minds when we, when we recognize some of these things. But I want to ask this question, how do people dishonor God's presence? Let me tell you how. Here's some of the ways people dishonor God's presence. The first one is blatant deception. And that's what we're talking about here with Ananias and Sapphira. They knew exactly what they were doing. And they went in and they were putting on a show. They wanted people to think they were doing something that they weren't doing. They wanted people to believe that they were something that they were not. And we have got to avoid. This big time dishonors God when people come and they're fake. And they're... Even to this point, they're dishonoring God by lying to the Lord and saying, I did this and I didn't. I think it's honoring. I think we're in a position to honor God when we're real, when we're not fake and phony in any regard. We are the real thing. Now, that's not an excuse to be carnal. It's not an excuse to come in, I'm having a bad day, so I'm going to let everybody know it. No, that's just being fleshy and carnal. We're not to be emotion-led, but I'm not to be a phony baloney. I'm not to be fake in any way. I need to present myself right. And so blatant deception dishonors God's presence. Another one is found in Acts chapter 8. You might recall over there that uh, there was a guy who, who was in, into sorcery, and he got saved. And after that, Peter and John came over there, and people were getting filled with the Spirit. And he saw it and thought, cool, I like this. And he was impressed by what was happening, and so he offered him money. He wanted, he wanted to buy the ability to get people baptized in the Spirit. And how many know he got... 
he got rebuked. And Peter got all over his case and said, your money perish with you, man. You think you can buy the gift of God? And, uh, and that was a bad deal. And I think any time people treat the spiritual stuff as if they could buy it, as if someone could use their financial influence to gain position in the kingdom of God or buy uh, a position or ability, that disrespects him. That cheapens. Because I'm telling you what, listen, there is not any amount of money. The wealthiest person on this earth does not impress God with how many zeros they can write a check for. It's all nothing. And the things of God are far too valuable for anyone to purchase them. Amen. That's why, we, that's why in the kingdom we do offerings, not purchases. You can't afford what I'm telling you today. <laughs> I'm telling you. The Word of God and the Spirit of God and the grace and forgiveness and new life in Christ. None of us can afford that. Bill Gates can't afford it. Warren Buffett, they could all get together in a mile away. And so we don't want to cheapen the things of God by trying to buy the gifts of God. Here's another one. People dishonor God and dishonor His presence now by making light of it. It goes back to our original understanding and definition of honor versus lightly esteeming. They make light of His presence. It's no big deal. There's no mental or physical preparation. It's just that kind of careful. Uh, you know, casual, nonchalant attitude. Oh, I'm going to church. And it's just not taken seriously. I believe that dishonors God. You see, we have gathered here today not just to see each other. That's part of it. We're family and friends, and that's part of it. But there's a higher purpose. We come here to meet with Almighty God. He is awesome and powerful and holy in all He is. And for us to not be mindful of that, and we just kind of skip in like big whoop-de-doo, we diminish who He is. It dishonors Him when we don't know how important and how big of a deal it is that we can meet with Him. And that we can talk with Him. And we believe He's going to talk to us. And move in our lives. For us to treat that as anything but a major deal dishonors Him. And, and again, I think, you know, sometimes these things can be revealed. You know, when a, for example, we uh, show up 15 minutes late regularly in church, you know, texting and getting up and going to the bathroom 12 times and got to get a drink of water. And, and I think a casual environment has become too commonplace in certain people. Now, if you got to get up, get up. I know there's good reasons, too. Everyone's nervous now. <laughs> but listen, I think to a degree that's okay. There should be a holy respect and an honor because we're meeting with Him. And we know that. We're not going to treat it just like, uh, you know, a hangout, a get-together at the house or going to the game or watching a movie. And it's, just, it's a different atmosphere. There is a holy God who has come to meet with us. He came on time. 
He was there the whole time wanting to move and speak to us and, and do something special in our lives. And my acknowledging that sets me up to honor and not disrespect him. I think if any of us got a, got a call from the White House and we had an appointment to meet with the president, uh, I have a feeling we'd get ready. I think we'd make sure and show up on time. And we kind of find out what's etiquette and what's the right thing to do and what's the wrong thing to do. Why? Just because we hold the office in high esteem. And we don't want to diminish that. And I know because that doesn't happen to most of us, that seems far and distant because gathering with the people of God is common. We do it all the time. It's easy to treat it lightly. And I don't think we ought to. And when I say this, I'm not meaning we all come in somber and serious. And No, sometimes respecting God is getting excited and laughing and shouting, having a great time. And, and, uh, and you know, being with each other, that's not disrespectful to the Lord. There's other times when quiet and, and very reverent and, and that kind of stuff is the order of the day. But we need to give Him that place. And I'm getting into my other point here but let me get let me get into the next one uh it dishonors god when we ignore him when we ignore him you know it's possible for someone to come in sing all the songs and never think about the lord i don't know if you've ever caught yourself doing that but (laughs) i've caught myself at times and i realized after a little bit i'm singing the song listening to the music i'm not even thinking about the lord hand might have been up (laughs) But that doesn't honor the Lord. We're actually talking to Him. That's what's important. We don't ignore Him. Think about if you and I were hanging out one day, and you came to be with me, and and I had a lot of errands to run and different things, and and so we were together all day, and and the whole day I never talked to you. We'd ride in the car together, and you'd start to say something. I'd look out the other window, or I'd turn up the radio. And I do all, I'm just doing all the things that I got to do. And, and I just ignored you. You were with me the whole day and never said one thing to you. Isn't that kind of rude? You th- think that ever happens with the Lord? I mean, he's with us all the time, isn't he? Sometimes we just ignore him. We just go on through life, act like he's not there. How rude. And sometimes even in church. I mean, we're busy. We're doing stuff. And, you know, got to get through the through the worship and got to get through the sermon and and we don't even connect with the lord don't even communicate with him don't recognize that he's doing something and talking to us how rude how disrespectful when we ignore him and the last one i see that we disrespect god by not giving him place we don't give him place we're not we're not allowing him to have his way we're not allowing him to move, but we get together and we do our thing. And if something gets out of line, I mean, something gets out of order, we're disrupted. I know that some churches these days, and, and you know, I sure appreciate various styles and, and so forth of churches, but I know some, uh, oftentimes when they're really large, but the service is scripted to the minute. I mean, this is going to happen, and it's literally, you know, I know those who have been guest speakers at some places, and they'll tell them, you've got 28 minutes and 30 seconds to speak. And again, if I was if I was this guest speaker, I would give them exactly that. I'd comply with their 
with the rules. That would be honoring and respecting them. But uh, here, here's what just kind of troubles me a little bit about that. Uh, and I understand it, you know, they, anyway. But you know what bothers me a little bit? I want to give the Lord place. And it's okay to have a plan. It's okay when we come together to say, you know, this is what we're going to do, and this is, how we're, this is the order of, of, of our events and so forth. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, we, uh, we went to a church, and you got the bulletin, and it had the hymn number, and then this, and it had the whole thing, this is what was going to happen in church. And I was a, ki- I was a kid, I'm looking back at the clock, and <laughs> don't tell them, but it was boring. <laughs> And uh, and I'm watching, checking things off as we go through. <laughs> Almost done. And <laughs> completely opposite of this. <laughs> Thank you for that resounding nothing. Uh, anyway, uh, all I'm saying by that, we still kind of do that. We just don't print it. <laughs> but here here's the deal. We need to give place to the Lord so nothing we pre-plan is the final word. I'm open. Lord, What you want to do this more or do this less or change the whole thing? I'm open. You're God. I'm not. It's not my plan today. It's your plan. And I want you to have place in our, in our midst. It's honoring God's presence, saying your ways are right. Let me show you one more thing today in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And let me say uh, something else, give you another thought-provoking statement here. The greater the anointing, the greater the revelation, and the greater the responsibility to believe and act on what is said. You see, there are times when you have a perception, an inkling of what the Lord is saying to you, and there are times when it is very, very clear, and it is very dramatic. There are, there are people, it's common for a dishonorable person to show dishonor, disrespect to people behind their back. Most dishonorable people will talk about other people when they're not there. They'll talk about you when you're not looking, when you can't hear. Behind your back, they'll run you down and all that kind of stuff. Very dishonorable. That's probably the most frequent way that people do that with their mouth. But there are some, they are so dishonorable, they they so lack character, they'll do it to people's face. I mean, they'll go right up to a person in a, who is worthy of respect, and they'll just let them have it. I mean, just outright low-level person here. All right, very disrespectful and dishonorable. And that's what I want you to see. When we're in God's presence, we're not behind His back. It even becomes more important, not to diminish the other. We shouldn't be doing the other either. But even becomes more important that in His presence, I acknowledge Him. I am respectful and honorable to Him. Does that make sense? As opposed to not being in His presence, which I know in one respect we're always in there, but there's the difference. There's the significance of our gathering. 
when we're together, this place should take on a whole new element of holy and awe and reverence and respect because God is here. I mean, it's true that I shouldn't disrespect Him in any way, but in His presence, this is a real big deal. If I mess up here, it's a bigger deal. If if I see Him face to face, and then I reject what He's saying, that's bigger than if I was uncertain about what He was saying. You see, the more a person knows, the more they're accountable to act on what they know. In Luke 1, this is when Zacharias and his wife, they were praying for a child, and this is where John came. Remember, cousin of Jesus? John, who later became a Baptist. John the Baptist. And... uh, This was before John was born. And an angel appeared to Zacharias. I mean, this is no, I had this feeling while I was eating. Uh, You know, uh, I I had this impression. No, an angel shows up to him. I mean, this this is in your face. The angel of God stands there and gives Zacharias a message. That's kind of a big deal. It's kind of hard to confuse. What are you saying here? No, no, no. It was very blatant and apparent what the Lord was saying to him. And in verse 18, And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? How many understand that's a problem? The angel is standing right there. Well, how do I know this? I'm right here. I'm telling you this. I am an angel of God. What are you saying? How, how, how do I know this? That was disrespectful. He said, For I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. He was rebuked. He was set straight and he wasn't allowed to speak for a little while because he dishonored God. God went out of his way to send his angel to appear to him and he questions that. See, this is not something that he didn't know. He knew what God was saying. This was a, a a miraculous and dramatic demonstration and display. And he says, well, how do I know that's right? That's not okay. Are you listening? The greater the revelation and the demonstration of what God is saying to us, the more responsibility is for us to say, yes, sir, that is the way it's going to be. Amen. That's final word. That's done. Because listen, you've seen Jesus do to his disciples when he expected them to believe, he got all over their case when they didn't. Ah, it's just a little storm, you know. It's a storm, you know. They got these big swells. Their lives are in jeopardy and all this stuff. But when they cried out and, and said, don't you care? Jesus got all over their case. Apparently, I guess they were supposed to know what to do. And because they acted in unbelief, Jesus got on them for it. 
Why? It's dishonorable to not believe when you know. When God has revealed himself to us and we go on with life acting like nothing ever happened. Nothing ever, nothing ever has changed. Nothing's different. It dishonors the Lord. But when he reveals himself to us, whoo, I tell you what, we need to hold it in high regard. Say, this is more important to me than anything. This is so special, the fact that I would come and be able to meet with God and He would speak and show Himself strong in my life and do amazing things. I'm never going to forget it. I'm never going to diminish that. I'm always going to hold that in high regard. And in doing that, His presence is important to us. He is honored and we're lifted up. And we are honored back by Him. Father, thank you for every person here now, for what you're doing in our lives, in lifting us higher, taking us up by showing us how to be people of honor, respect and honor you and your ways, your word, your plan, your people, your presence. Lord, for these truths... For this understanding, we're glad and we're thankful. No amount of money could buy it. But in our lives today, in our gathering together, Lord, it's our heart's desire and purpose that you be glorified, that you be shown the respect and honor that you deserve. May none of us fall short of giving you full and complete credit that you deserve. May we not treat you as anything less than what you are and who you are. In areas that we've missed it, in areas where we've fallen short, Lord, we humble ourselves. We're not going to be like Cain, get angry, get upset, demand that our, our way is right. We humble ourselves and say, Lord, teach us to do right. In everything we see and everything we know, we purpose today to believe and to act upon it. It will govern our lives from this day forward. Thank you for your mercy. Times where we've missed it, Lord, we thank you for your mercy. You forgive us and cleanse us and wash us. We purpose to step up to the plate, step up to the challenge, and rise up as people of honor that represent you well. For this we thank you in Jesus' name. Father, for every person that's come to church, for those who are not born again, those who are not saved.